Hey there, and welcome to Blazing the Path, hosted by Rob Hetherington. This is a Portland Trailblazers podcast by a fan for the fans. Hey, Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Blazing the Path. This is your co-host, Rob Hetherington and Corbin Ford. Corbin, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing good, Rob. Happy back on here talking with you. Um, excited. Definitely, definitely. Got some great things in store for you today. And definitely get back into the full-length episodes with guest interviews starting, believe it or not, next week. The NBA season is back. We'll have guests <sighs> wow. lined up all through October. Looking forward to having Team Mom on, uh, one of the Blazers legend podcasters of Twitter. Uh, used to do a ton of work for Blazers Edge, now has her own with We Have a Take. So looking forward to having her on. Found out today Corbin knows her as well. So very cool and uh, excited to get into the things to come. But for today, got some talk about Corbin's experience at Summer League because, believe it or not, homie was there. Homie watched a ton of the games and definitely had an emphasis on the Bucks. would you say, correct? You know what? I did. I watched, I watched the Bucks. You know what's funny? I would definitely say for sure that it was a lot um, more Houston, but I watched some Bucks. I watched some Bucks, okay. um, some Knicks, some Lakers. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I was definitely cool, looking cool. at that, but I ended up gravitating to Houston, man. Definitely. And then also coming up, we got some talk about the Blazers offseason moves as well as Phillips fit with the team, what he plans to do to take some of the scoring load off of Dame. So we're just going to get right into it. Hope you guys are ready for some Blazers and NBA talk. So, Corbin, what would you say about your time at Summer League? What what really stood out to you about the teams that were there? I would say it was unbelievable. I mean, just being there, it was my first time experiencing that. And, you know, it's a rush of basketball. You know, it's that you're in the culture of it. It's really cool to be, you know, running into actual NBA players and media legends and people that we've seen on Twitter all the time that you're interacting with. So I would say it was an exhilarating experience, an exhausting one um, at the same time, because you are doing a lot of, you know, just general basketball activities all day. And it's like, wow, wow, exciting, exciting, exciting. But then eventually, you know, real life fatigue kicks in and you get a little tired. But I enjoyed my experience immensely. I definitely gained a whole lot of experience um, in terms of how to watch the game basketball. I was there um, not only on my own, but also in conjunction with Sports Business Classroom, which is a tremendous program. So with that, it, it sort of it further fleshed out my own basketball experience in terms of making connections and, and and meeting folks in a way that can they can give me insight on, okay, this is how you would evaluate what guards do. And this is what you're trying to do, you know, to look at basketball from a fan perspective, which I feel I'm okay at, and to look at it from like a scouting, maybe more of an evaluating um, type standpoint. And so with all of that, I, I really can't say enough about it. It was a week and a half, and it felt like the quickest week ever looking back. But it was also like the longest week ever in there because it was just so much, you know. Uh, but I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I can't wait to go next year. You know, really pumped uh, to have been there this one time. And so I met X, Y, Z, and I saw these guys play. And especially for summer league, which I've always been, it's like it's, I'm juiced up for it. I'm simply just excited and hyped the minute somebody starts mentioning it. As soon as May comes around, my eyes are already looking at that calendar. So to be able to have experience in a person, man. I tell you, Rob, we got to get you there next year. It was, it was a heck of an experience. Sounds like the place to be come, you know, that off season. Now that we're getting back into more of a regularly scheduled program for this NBA season, hopefully this season and next year, fingers crossed, prayers, prayers sent that 
we can, we can get back to some semblance of normal with this NBA season and get the full summer league experience, everyone that goes. And, and I'd love to definitely try and make it down there next year. Las Vegas Summer League. It's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, definitely something that I, I encourage you to come on and join, Matt, because I have not done it before. Like I said, it's been three years of trying to get down there, one thing after another, usually getting in the way. Um, but everything broke right. Um, well, that and some really hard work on mine, which I'm really proud of because it, it became, the, the, the fruits of the labor were just more, well, more than worth it. Much earned, much deserved, Corbin. Who would you say is your standout for the NBA Summer League? There was a few guys who looked good. Um, Damian Mitchell on the defensive end for Sacramento was bomb. I found myself gravitating to the Houston Rockets a lot. They did have several draft picks. You had, of course, a second pick, uh, Jalen Green, who instantly just came in and shot amazing. I think it was something like 58% from the field. 53% from three, 20 points per game. Uh, his scoring looked effortless. It was like taking him straight from the G League and pluck him in uh, against this competition here. And it, I think, obviously, as we saw in preseason, just a, a natural score, you know, professional score, as they say. I definitely like what he brought to the table. Um, Alperin Shangun, another guy, uh, big. You remind me a lot of Luis Scola in terms of only being 6'9", but playing bigger than his size in the post. I'm um, stretching out a little bit of an of a, of a outside shot and also making some nice reads. Wasn't totally horrific on the defensive end. It was pretty solid there. Uh, Josh Christopher as well, kind of like the swingman from Arizona, from Arizona State. He had his moments as well, kind of slashing the rim, forming a nice little backcourt alongside Jalen Green in summer league it'll be interesting to see where he you know slots in come the regular season um for the lakers i watched a little bit of austin reeves um Devontae kaycock who's been there before but always a fan the reeves is uh, i think they call him hillbilly kobe very interesting nickname but uh he had his moments for the lakers as well uh new york i watched some guys um, notably obi Toppin, just to see what he improved upon um from last year to this year especially being some guy who you know at 24 is a little bit older in terms of like a develop a developmental side uh, for the nba but just seeing what he picked up if anything definitely looked too good for summer league at times but also had moments that you know it, it, it was kind of troubling there um and then of course Cade Cunningham you know saw what he did killing Hayes seeing how he improved um Evan Mobley what did he bring to the table definitely like this passing outside shooting wasn't totally there it was like a potpourri of different NBA talents you know draft picks and returning vets and I watched the Blazers because they were trying to play to win they didn't but they played a lot of vets. You know, you had uh, my personal favorite, Michael Beasley. You had a Ken Fareed. You had Emmanuel Moody. You had these guys that have been in the league, you know, Beasley almost a decade um, in and out, but had had experience there. And so being getting being able to see them up close and personal was still exciting for me. I, I literally had no faults, no qualms about anything there and just tried taking as much basketball as I can. So hence the scatterbrained, uh, the scattered scouting report there, Rob. But I was all over the place there. That's how it felt. I, I appreciate the scattered report because that just goes to show how excited you were to be there and frantic you were to see some basketball, some some truly good basketball sounds like it was played there. And from all the games I've watched on, on the TV, I, I don't think it can do it justice as being in there in person. But a lot of games there where and they're just beautiful games in basketball. Everyone's trying to make make it big in the in in the professional sphere coming out of amateur basketball. Most most likely a lot of them. So, yeah, scattered report a plus. And real quick, just before we transition to all the Blazers talk, which, of course, is the is the emphasis of this podcast, is that um, I just got to just got to throw this out there. For our for our fans listening and and avid NBA fans, who uh who'd you meet there that uh, is a current NBA champion? 
Uh, you know, I did have the opportunity to meet Giannis Antetokounmpo. That was really kind of neat. Uh, for me, is is probably overstating it. Running into is probably a better way of saying it, but uh, got a picture for sure. It was really cool. Like, uh, I was leaving one area. He was coming in and like, boom, like it was right there. Uh, a lot taller than you think, uh, which is saying a lot because he looks tall in, on TV, a lot taller in person, but it was an amazing experience. Uh, I, I was shocked. You know, again, just the level of access that you get at Summer League is kind of crazy in terms of who you may run into. I ran into Wesley Johnson at an evening uh, venue, <laughs> evening type event, you know, early in the morning at one point. It was really it was really cool to kind of see these NBA guys is kind of among us in that way. You know, so often, you know, they are celebrities. We put them up and like, oh, we never run into them. We never see them here, there. And during a normal NBA game, no, of course not. NBA finals, no. All-star game, no. But Summer League is the one time where everyone, whether it's players, executives, coaches, are all in the same sort of melting pot alongside the fans. And, you know, you do have these opportunities for the interactions that you don't get anywhere else. It really is almost like an NBA Comic-Con. Yeah, I, I can see that comp. Very, very interesting, Corbin. Glad that you got to meet someone of that caliber, even even in passing. Definitely something not many people can say they get to do. So transitioning into Blazers talk a little bit. First and foremost, of course, right now, uh, preseason is with the Blazers regular season at the helms. A lot of games intriguing to catch in the whole NBA. But with the season at hand, you, you got you to gotta wonder what the Blazers are going to do tomorrow with the Kings game because it looks like Damon CJ are going to sit just for some rest, most likely to, to be ready to go week one of the regular season. This might be the Nasir Little game that we see where, where he pops off. He did actually step down from the summer league team just to focus on the regular season. And he really felt like he, this off season, he set himself apart. So I'm very excited to see what he's, what he's got in the tank at full throttle fully healthy because I don't think we've seen a healthy Nasir Little. I think he had injury trouble. That's why you see him slip out of the, the lottery there a couple of years back. So would be would be very interesting to see what goes on. What are your thoughts on the preseason so far, Corbin? What do you what do you think? I'm probably the wrong person to ask that only because I don't put a whole lot of stock into preseason at all. I think that, you know, you're looking at some of these teams is really kind of get a, a look at some of the guys in the new uniforms. You know, you get to see, for example, Lakers, you know, Russell Westbrook, how these vets kind of come in together, you know, for teams like that that are more veteran laden you know they're gonna they're gonna get more time than not because that's all they have on their team you know whereas other teams might selectively be sitting guys and the lakers are platooning some of their guys the warriors are the same thing so really it's it's kind of kind of fun it's almost like the the junk food kind of popcorn part of the nba where you just kind of you know take in a little bit of content here and there some cool dunks maybe a game that goes down to the wire things like that not a whole lot i'm really taking away I don't even do that. Maybe the first two weeks of the season, I think you'll really know. But there's so little taken from preseason because even the ones that are, you know, the wins and losses, they're not really they, – they, everyone knows at this point that this is just kind of gearing up for the season. So the impetus, you might see a couple of games more toward the end of the preseason that, okay, now we're trying to win. And that's because they're trying to ramp up more to their game speed. You know, you're trying to see more plays that will be run, more rotations that you'll see come the regular season. But especially right now where we're at, we're getting there, you know, over the last maybe two or three games – but it's really just a trial run. And for those who are just that pumped about it, like absolutely uh, no, no down in any of that for myself, eh, you know, this is a uh, preseason when I get hyped, you know, get a little lull, get yourself good for the season. Look at some of these games just to have some excitement, the entertainment factor, maybe seeing some, some, um, l- some light type of strategies that certain teams may deploy, you know, but I don't think I can go away with any major takeaways at this time. Uh, just for like, for example, the Phoenix Suns, like seeing Devin Booker and Chris Paul, 
full full throttle. You know, the Lakers, like I said, you see Russell play a game with LeBron for a half, but other than that, you haven't seen LeBron with AD. You haven't seen Russ with AD and LeBron. They haven't all been together. The Jazz a little bit here and there. The Timberwolves have been cool, but again, we don't know how that'll look come regular season. Their defense looks good right now, but if you buy into that right now, eh, you know, who's to say? That's way too early. You know what I mean? So I think it's something that you can kind of take a little bit from in terms of how you're looking at it. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't make any declarations here and now. I think that what we have right now in terms of our own um, kind of mocks of who's at the top and who's at the bottom will likely be unchanged by the end of preseason. Right, right. And I think to go off of that, this preseason, more so, more importantly, what teams sound in press conferences like they're they're ready to make a run, are confident in the, the training staff, the roster, the management that they have to make a deep run. And that and that's where I, I really appreciate preseason probably the most is outside of the arena, how these teams handle themselves, which team looks the most professional, which team looks like they're they're poised for it just by their uh, demeanor. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's a lot to come in store for this regular season. Definitely, like you said, preseason, you kind of only really get a feel for who's healthy, who's not at best. And so I, I like what you had to say. And we're, we're looking at a season here where these teams probably still, though, are appreciative to have the preseason play, play several games and get their feet back under them. Because just like uh, to parallel to the NFL, Without, without a preseason, you, you don't have a chance to look at the bottom of your roster too much. Look forward to the start of the season. The Blazers offseason moves in particular rank up there for bench progression. Uh, nothing really on the starter end of things, as, as everyone kind of could tell at the beginning of the free agency all the way to the end of it. Didn't seem like they were too keen on picking up more uh, max contracts or anything crazy. They, they don't have the bread for that. But yeah, so these Blazers offseason moves, transitioning from the preseason talk to what the Blazers have done, as as many Blazers fans know, picking up Ben McElmore, Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, and Larry Nance Jr., last but not least. Biggest pickup I'm happiest about is probably Larry Nance Jr., just for what he provides as a spark plug on the defensive end and then on the offensive end. He's really good at getting momentum into his team's favor just with these flashy dunks and and intelligent I, basketball IQ passes. What pickup from this offseason do you rank up there, Corbin, as, as your biggest one for them moving forward, trying to make playoff runs? I definitely like Larry Nance, especially for when that came kind of later, you know, a little bit after uh, free agency passed. Ben McLemore is a nice pick. I think having some more shooting on the floor to, to space out a little bit. You were running a lot of units where, you know, um, especially last year you had um, Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. Robert Covington, a very good standstill shooter. Derek Jones Jr., not as much. So you could take that now and situationally deploy someone like Ben McLemore, who his three-point shooting is a little more inflated than like maybe it's been. I mean, if you look historically over his shooting career, but like over his last couple of years, he's been fire, you know, and you bring him in, you have somebody who can space the floor out for, you know, even more, let's say if you do run him alongside Anthony Simons, I'd, I'd imagine McLemore just because of his defensive deficiencies coming off the bench, and playing with that bench unit or playing situationally along with the starting five. I definitely like what he brings. Um, another guy that I think would be really, really good if he stays healthy, which is the big if in his whole career, Cody Zeller. He's been a very solid player for Charlotte for a, a number of years. Uh, you know, sneaky good passer, definitely can finish, has a little bit of a jump shot that he's been stretching out to three over in Charlotte over the last couple of years. So you look at a player like that, what he brings to the table as well. Um, a nice tandem alongside uh 
um, alongside the alongside um, Yusef Nurkic and um, Zach, not Zach Collins. He he replaces Zach Collins in a very uh, effective way if he's healthy and on the floor. I think, but he's also a good complement to Yusef Nurkic, and I think that that's going to be important for the Blazers there. But this has been a season where I think they didn't try to bring in another guy to make a huge wholesale change. All these guys in aren't guys that are going to be like, oh, wow, that's a difference maker. But like on any given night, they potentially could be a difference maker, whether it is Ben Macklin, making a few threes, you know, Cody Zeller, you know, grabbing, you know, nine, 12 rebounds, you know, a um, little bit of everything from Larry Nance Jr., you know, him shooting a three ball, let's say closer to 35, 36%. All these guys can have moments where in their role, they can play above and beyond and make an impact on this Portland team. But I think that essentially what, um, Neil O'Shea did was just bring guys to complement this team and not basically to kind of move it upwards. You know, it's basically to kind of help out and be an addition. It's never going to be the main course. I see where you're coming from, Corbin, and I agree that moving forward, these guys are going to be kind of plug-in players, replacing the minutes they were getting from Carmelo. Zach Collins didn't pan out last year, unfortunately, just with the injury troubles. Um, I think I think they're kind of set at the guard positions between Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, as well as Anthony Simons off the bench. Um, I I didn't like that they got rid of Gary Trent Jr. when they did, but looking at the next few years being in win-now mode with Dame, I think Dame's happy with that, and I think management's happy with that after how last season ended even, is that this is a team that now has defensive pieces that they haven't had since – Harkless and Aminu. Uh, I'm really excited to see that. And I think as well with the preseason we just had, it gave Chauncey Billups a chance to, a real chance to take a look at who he wants coming in off the bench, who he can start should, God forbid, one of the, the bigger name guards or centers go down. He knows who he can put in the game. And Macklemore is the type of guy as well as Zeller that. Many people in the NBA circles on social media have, have said were, were brilliant pickups just because they got them for a lower level contract. And they're guys that, you know, Zeller's not going to give you 20 a game, but he'll give you his best effort on both ends of the floor and put some points up. And Macklemore, Macklemore can shoot it. Macklemore can get back on D and then get you another possession where you're going to score. So very exciting to see the low key moves. Would wish that there were bigger moves made in the off season, but that that's what we have to work with this season. And I think Chauncey Billups, his mentality, just like it was running point for the Pistons is that this is a, this is a team he's going to do his best work with regardless of who's on the roster, but because the roster's already so close knit, a lot of them from playing together several years, he should have no problems filling in uh, replacing Terry Stotts. So that kind of brings us to our, Last topic for the night, which is Chauncey Billups' game plan for this team. Uh, He's quoted in the Oregon Live as essentially saying for fans to kind of understand his plan more, just that, you know, Chauncey Billups is going to come in and his his main thing is to ease the load on Damian Lillard, as Oregon Live reported, giving the Blazers a chance to find their identity because I don't think they've had that the last five years. I think they've been known for their offensive firepower but other than that, you know, nothing really special. Not really one of those grit and grind teams, grizz and grind teams that the Grizzlies had where they have an identity that can that can get them, you know, into the playoffs and 
carry them further so that these these Blazers fans aren't calling for, you know, a CJ or Dame trade because I, I think that would blow up the franchise for several years. So what are your thoughts on that, Corbin? What do you think Chauncey can do with this team? And to piggyback off of that, do you think uh, Damian Lillard and Nasir Little's defense improve? Uh, Nasir obviously being a very good defender already for his age and then, and then Dame looking to improve probably defense as one of his emphasis this year just because he always improves something every year, and it looks like this year he's taking a look at his D. I would have to look at Chauncey hopefully trying to instill, of course, like you said, a more defensive uh, philosophy, Rob, and making sure that you are having um, – at least some competency on the other end of the floor. Offensively, you know, the Blazers do well enough. They've done this for a couple of years. Defensively, we've seen what happened. I mean, you looked at last year's playoff team, um, and mind you, although, you know, they have their moments, they shouldn't lose the way they did, despite how well Nicole Jokic played to a Denver Nuggets team that was missing its second and third best players. And the drop-off was significant. So that was really because their defense couldn't, you know, guard either of us sitting down, Rob. You know, that was the issue. And so you hope that, there is an improvement on that end for certain. Uh, so what can they get out of Dane? You know, because he does have a heavy offensive load. But if you look at him on the defensive end, some of it's just not being aware. You know, as a Russell Westbrook fan, I can tell you, you know, part of it, of course, is having these guards, having these high usage offensive initiators who have to do so much on the offensive end and play so many heavy minutes, they got to take a break somewhere. And unfortunately, that happens to be on the defensive side of the ball. But some of it also is just lack of awareness, you know, lack of defensive IQ. And so if you can raise that level, um, Chauncey, of course, being a, a very solid defensive guard, of course, with those Detroit Pistons of, you know, the mid-2000s, but also even as he aged, you know, with the Denver Nuggets, you know, um, and the Los Angeles Clippers and, 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 and the Knicks for that one year, he still has those basic defensive tenets. I'm sure he can kind of, carry on to a veteran, um, you know, Damian Lillard, who just needs to kind of shore up that end for sure. Uh, aside from that, on the offensive side, I hope he brings in more philosophies that utilize other players on the court uh, more to their effectiveness, because a lot of it does fall on during Dame. Like I said, you know, the Blazers have been very effective on the offensive end, but that's one, because they've been so bad on the defensive side of the ball. And two, because Dame has to carry a large share of that. And yes, he's a top five offensive talent in the NBA bar none absolutely but like cj mccollum is also there despite his injuries you said nurkage they have a lot of guys i feel who lean more to the offensive side and yet when dame is you know struggling or overwhelmed by defensive tension other guys aren't stepping up we saw again in the playoffs this as evidence of that so i'm hoping that he's able to help on the defensive side while also bringing in some uh, additional philosophy on the offensive end that can utilize some of these other members of the Portland roster more to the best of their abilities there. Really agree with that, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how he does it. Uh, I, think, I think he's got a coach mentality with all of his time running plays for, the, for offenses in his NBA career and amateur career. So be very cool to see what he has to offer to this Blazers franchise. And I think Damian Lillard's all in with having him as a coach. So we'll see how it goes. I think, I think as a uh, kind of just like a, you know, a moderate prediction, I think this is one of the years where uh, we see, we see a guy like Norman Powell uh, maybe get his name up there in the, in the higher end of points per game. It'll be interesting to see three scores scores on one team. I think CJ is still going to get his for sure. I don't think we're going to see Norman with the tw- close to 20 a game uh, that he had with the Toronto Raptors. But I think I think definitely 17-18 is realistic, plus what he adds on the defensive end and with the playmaking. Gives me big Seth Curry vibes type of guy that can come in like Seth Curry did for the Blazers in the Nuggets series. 
towards the end of a game, get a game-winning steal and a, a game-winning basket or something of that nature. So a lot to look forward to for this new-look Blazers team this year. They, they finally uh, changed things up a bit, trying to really set themselves apart from the rest of the league. So I agree. I agree. We'll see what happens. This Western Conference is more up for grabs than it's been in a couple of years. Uh, you know, injuries uh, to the Nuggets, injuries to the Clippers, where the Lakers, all these new guys going to fit in. The Suns coming back another year. But if the Blazers can find their way, you know, come in hungry early and, and while they're all healthy and just manage any injuries that may occur over the season. Um, you know, Rob, I think we're in for an interesting year in Portland. Amen to that. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining in. It was a pleasure to host this with Corbin. And hope you guys check us out. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe uh, to our Instagram account. Give that a follow and our Twitter account as well for Blazing the Path. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing the Path, a Portland Trailblazers podcast hosted by Rob Hetherington. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for weekly episodes.